Welcome to Quick Takes with Kevin, a weekly podcast about leadership, life, and ministry with Kevin Ezo, president of the North American Mission Board. Each week, Kevin will be focusing on how pastors can keep their souls healthy in the midst of the demands and challenges of everyday life. Now, here's your host, Kevin Ezell. Hey, Pastor Kevin Ezell here from the North American Mission Board with quick takes from Kevin and today with one of my favorite guys in all the world, Dr. James Merritt, former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, also pastors in Georgia. James, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, thanks a lot, Kevin. I look forward to being with you, buddy. I always uh, enjoy doing the podcast with you, but prefer to play golf with you, man. You, you listen, Anytime. You want to be careful. He, has, he, he don't let him blow smoke. He's very, very good. But, well, and, that's, but that's not why he likes to play golf. The reason he likes to play is I'm always paying for his round. That's why he likes to play with me. <laughs> that's right. And, and lunch or breakfast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hey, uh, chapter 37 of Lance Switch's book talks about speak the unspoken rules. And basically he's talking about uh, creating a good team environment and, and, and not, not having dysfunctional relationship with colliding expectations. And James, you were at first Snellville and, 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 and now at Cross Point and the presence of that, you've led a lot of things, but the only way to lead things at you, the level in which you've led them is you have to surround yourself with a significant team. And you have led well in the sense that you set a good tone, a good environment, a good culture in your team. I know that because I've asked your team. And uh, could you just share with pastors, what are some important things to do as they set uh, the appropriate tone or culture of a team? Yeah, you know, Kevin, this will be a one-liner that I would give. And I, I would say, if, 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 if particularly this podcast, if, if your listeners and your pastors are listening, don't hear anything else. The best way to set the tone is set the example. Yeah. Nothing sets a tone more than your actions, not your words, but your actions. So that, that's what I've always tried to remember is, okay, and, and I ask myself this, this question sometimes, if I were not me, would I want to work with me? If I were not me, would, am I the kind of, of and I, don't, I tell the guys, don't ever call me the boss. They say that, look, I said, look, we got one boss. His name is Jesus. We all, you know, we work for we work for him. We work with each other. I just happen to be the top guy at the head, head of the you know organizational chart. But here, here's what here's what I do, Kevin. When I when I hire uh, people, there there are I, 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 there are two sets of three things that I tell them, and I say now there are three things I absolutely demand of you, but I will give to you. Number one, I demand honesty. Right. The one thing that will get you fired on my staff with no questions asked is if you ever lie to me. I don't care what you do. We'll work through it, but don't ever lie to me. I will never lie to you. Don't ever lie to me. So number one is always be honest. And by the way, we've, that's one of the values of our staff meetings. We sometimes, I don't know how you were when you were a pastor, but we get after it sometimes in staff. We, we, we're like family. We fight, we fuss, we argue, we don't always agree. Uh, and in that room, and it's not, I don't consider it disrespectful just cause I'm doc, just cause I'm the pastor. Look, if you don't agree with me, speak up I, doc. I'm sorry. I, don't, I think that's wrong. Or I think that, you know, whatever. Uh, and we, we'll always come out, you know, with a meeting of the mind, but, but always be honest. Second one is integrity. Just always do what you say you'll do. You don't have to do anything you don't say you'll do, but when you say you'll do it, you do it. So for example, if you, t- if I, if, if, if uh, I say to you, 
hey, would you mind giving this person a call? You didn't, you don't know about it, but they're in, they're in your area of ministry, and they just lost a mom or a dad, or they're so, you know, don't sit there and say I'll do it, and then me find out two weeks later you didn't do it. If you do what you say, you will do. So right. be a person of integrity. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll do it. You do the same thing. Right. And 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 then Kevin, the uh, the, the the third thing, and this is probably as big as any, is loyalty. I demand absolute loyalty. And what I mean by that is this. I make a promise to my staff. I will never broach a criticism of you behind my, behind your back. If somebody comes to me, and I lost back in the early days of, of Crosspoint, I lost two deacons that had been with me for years because they wanted to go around a staff person that they had an issue with and come directly to me, and I wouldn't let them do it. I said, no, you're going to go to them first. We're going to work, and I'm a big believer in the chain of command. I said, you're going to go to this person first. Now, if you don't get satisfaction, then you take it to my executive pastor. You don't get satisfaction with him, then I'll talk to you. But you're not going to do it in round. We're not, we're not going to do that. And I'll say, now, what I give, I expect. So when, if you hear a criticism of me, the issue is not, is it true or is it false? The issue is, you're not going to broach that criticism. You're not going to say, yeah, that, you know, I know that's true. Or, but I, you know, you're going to say to that person, and this is a question I always ask. If somebody says something negative about me to me about a staff person, here's a question I always ask: Have you talked to that staff person? Yeah. Well, no. I said, well, first of all, why are you talking to me? If you talk to someone who is not a part of the problem, you just made them a part of the problem. So yes, I'll always do the Matthew 18 thing, Kevin. I'll say Matthew 18 says you got a problem with somebody, you go with them. Now, if you can't work it out with that person, whoever's next up the line, you take it to them. I promise you, if it gets to me. We're going to have a bigger problem. I'm going to have a bigger problem with some people I am with you. But but that, those are the three things that I tell a staff person. Then on the other end, when they come on board, Kevin, these are the, the three things I tell them. I expect you to have three priorities in your life in this order. Number one, your personal walk with God. Number two, your relationship to your family, particularly most of the time your wife and your kids. And number three, the church. And then I always say this, I want the church to be a distant third, a distant third. And they find it hard to believe it. I said, look, you're going to see that in my own life. And I said, let me tell you why. If you are the man or woman of God that you ought to be, and if you are the husband and the father or the wife and the mother that you ought to be, you'll be the minister that I need you to be. But if the situation is reversed, you may think you're the minister you ought to be, but if you're not walking with the Lord and you're not right with your family, you're not the minister that I need. So that those are the things that I, those are the six things that I cover with all the staff people. And then what's most important, Kevin, is when they finally come on board and they see, boy, you know, Doc is honest and Doc does what he says he'll do. And Doc is loyal to me and Doc does have my back. They'll, they'll charge him with a water pistol for you. Right. But I think the key is what you just said. But they know exactly what your expectations are because you, you do have the courage to tell them up front what they are. You communicate it really clear and you hold them accountable to it. And I think that's when uh, people derail is when they don't know what the expectations are. They don't know what the ground rules are. And uh, you just and, make that. Very and Kevin, here's a good example, uh, a great example for, for, for me. So when we have staff meeting, one of the questions I ask is, Who's your one? And what did you do this week to move the ball down the field with either your one or who did you share the gospel with? Now, yeah. the reason I can do that, and I'm not saying this to brag, but you know this. My guys know I'm out there doing it. 
Right. So, so for example, again, again, not to brag, I don't mean it that way at all, but so Monday I went in and I said, you know, guys, I said, let me tell you this. I said, um, one of the struggles I've been having really big time with this whole COVID thing and social distancing, and I said, I haven't had a chance to share the gospel much. I said, just, you know, you just don't have those opportunities. So I told him about uh, Saturday, I went and got, my car was dirty, hadn't been washed all winter, so I went and had my car washed. Well, it's a little machine and you're supposed to take your credit card in. Well, the guy comes out that owns the car wash, his name's Anuj. I never met the guy, he's from India. The guy's name is Anuj. And he said, hey, and he starts trying to tell, sell me on, the, you know, it's like a $25 wash, $30 wash, $35 wash. He's trying to sell me a $35 wash. Normally I wouldn't do it, but I said, uh, Anuj, let me ask you a question. I said, you an honest guy? He said, yeah, I'm honest. I said, well, which car wash would you get if it was your car? He said, well, I'd get the $35 car wash. I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll give you the, thir- I'll buy the $35 car wash under one, one, one condition. He said, what's that? And I had my shirt, my, my best news cards I carry with. Me. I pulled my best news card. I said, I want you to read the message on that card. I said, where are you from? He said, India. I said, I'm assuming you're Hindu. He said, well, I was raised Hindu. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. The message on that card radically changed my life. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. If it's true, it will change your life. Now, if you don't believe it's true, I don't care. And if, if it's not true, I don't care what you believe. But I said, I want you to look at me. You said you're honest. I want your words. You'll read that card. He said, well, I, want, I will, but I believe all religions are true. I said, well, if you read that card, you won't believe that anymore. Because I said, if that card is true, every other religion can't be true. And here's the point I'm making. I didn't have to do that. Nobody pays me to do that. I'm not bragging on it. But my boy, my guys know I do that. So when I went around, Kevin, to get the car washed on the inside, there were two young guys there, an African-American young man, a white, a white guy, did a great job, had two cards. I gave them both a $5 bill. And I said, guys, you got, and they looked at it, and I said, what do you guys normally get tipped? Oh, maybe two bucks. I said, okay, I'm giving you both five bucks. They said, well, you're only supposed to tip one of us. I said, I'm going to tip both of you because I want you to do something. I said, you're going to earn your money. I want you to read this card. So it's greatest news of my life. I get in my car. I crank the car to drive off. I have to look to my right. The African-American guy has gone over to a bench, and he's sitting down reading that card. My point, Kevin, is this. Here's my point. They know I'm not asking them to do what I don't do. Right. So I've got the credibility to go in. Who's your one? Okay, so here's what I said, Kevin. I'm sorry to talk about this. It's on my heart. So I said, guys, would you pray this week I'll get to lead somebody to Christ? Well, you may have saw it on my Twitter feed. Two African-American, African-American family, up, they live on the other side of the, uh, another street up from me in my, in my neighborhood, watched our service on Sunday, called me Sunday afternoon and said, could we do a Zoom call with you Monday? I said, yeah, let me go. I'll come back to my staff meeting. I left the staff meeting, came back. They literally asked me to tell them how to be born again. I got to lead them both to the Lord on a Zoom call. That's incredible. Yeah. So my point being, Kevin, the, it goes back to what I said. If you set the example, then you can set the tone. Yeah, exactly. Well, James, you do that, and man, you do it so well. Thank you so much for uh, the example that you are, and again, just for the friendship and just how genuine and transparent you are. And uh, mm-hmm. you're a real blessing, James. Thanks. Thanks for your time today. Kevin, thank you. It's all because of Jesus. I love you and appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining us for Quick Takes with Kevin. Each week, Kevin will visit with pastors and leaders as they talk about the challenges they face and the lessons they've learned in balancing faith, family, and ministry. Thank you for being with us.